Are you concerned about the air that you're breathing, especially with increasing air pollution? We all know how vital indoor air quality is, and here's where Puro Air steps in to make the difference. Did you know that indoor air can be up to 100 times, 100 times dirtier than the air outside? That's where Puro Air comes to the rescue. In just 30 minutes, this revolutionary device can transform the air in your room by removing allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases. But what sets Puro Air apart is its cutting-edge HEPA-14 filter, a powerhouse that tackles pollutants at a microscopic level. And it's not just me saying that, Puro Air is backed by scientists from both Harvard and MIT. I personally loved having a Puro Air purifier. I feel like I can breathe again, especially after battling congestion for like the last month. Winter can be tough, but within an hour, it was crazy. I could feel my sinuses beginning to open up. I slept through the night without coughing, and I've been sleeping so much better now that we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom. So check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on Home Threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit HomeThreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I speak with home organizing expert and author of the new book, Minimalista, Shira Gill. Shira teaches that the most important thing you can do is start and that small victories achieved one at a time will snowball into massive transformation. We'll be discussing these small victories along with sentimentality, elevating our space, and so much more. But before we get to the conversation, I just wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review on iTunes if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow in this upcoming year. I know a lot of people are looking to minimize and declutter in the new year, so feel free to share this episode with friends and spread the idea of minimalism and living with less far and wide. Also, feel free to tag me on social media at Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm here to help in whatever way that I can. I try to answer my DMs as much as possible. So if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for guests or topics, feel free to shoot them my way. All right, for my minimalist moment of the week this week, I want to share something that was really exciting that happened. This was actually a couple weeks ago. I took last week off, so I couldn't share it with you then. But I had my first decluttering client. So this wasn't something that I necessarily, I guess it's not a path that I thought I was going to start pursuing, but a fellow homeschooling mom had reached out and asked if I knew anyone. And I'm like, well, I'm sure that I can help you. So I mentioned it just briefly in this episode, but one of the biggest takeaways in working with her was that 
people tend to think they have to declutter and organize everything in a weekend or they give themselves just such a short deadline and small wins will get you to your goal faster. My friend was really excited and motivated that she and her spouse were on the same page and that they had these guys coming that were going to be taking away some of her items to Habitat for Humanity. But after assessing her home, I gave her short-term goals and then I gave her long-term goals. So again, this is not something that can necessarily be done in a weekend or it has to be done in a weekend. You do have time, especially for those of us that live in colder climates and are somewhat hibernating for the next couple of months. So short-term goals, long-term goals, slow and steady. Shira and I touch on all the metaphors in this episode, but my minimalist moment of the week really does come down to what does decluttering look like in a house that's not my own? And getting that insight has given me even more perspective as I move through the conversations this upcoming year and who I'm interviewing and honestly, how I help people in the future. So if you are local, stay tuned. All right, well, I'm excited to kick off this 2022 new year with author of Minimalista, Shira Gill. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Shira, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. I absolutely love your book, though. I appreciate you writing it for this minimalist community that we have here. Well, I appreciate you reading it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun to see what people in this space are doing and just how we all, we do have a lot of the same ideas, but we put it forth in different ways. And I think that just speaks to like our own individuality and who is I guess, following us and following along and just, we just all present ourselves to the world so much differently. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think, I mean, we're all probably aligned in so many ways, but everyone has their own unique kind of take an angle on it. So I read every book on minimalism under the sun. It never gets old for me. Yeah, I agree. Well, before we get into our topic today, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners and maybe tell me how you began pursuing minimalism on your own? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I say I'm kind of a stuff and life editor. So I am a hybrid of a home organizer, stylist, and a life coach. And basically I've been helping people clear physical and mental clutter now professionally for 12 years um, and simplify every aspect of their lives through programs, one-on-one work, workshops, and now my new book, Minimalista. And my own kind of journey to minimalism, I would say, kind of officially started when I became a mom myself, um, because I think having kids just brings a whole new layer of um, stuff to navigate into your world and life. And I remember I was the first of um, kind of my friends in my community to get pregnant. And so I didn't really have any good frame of reference of like, give me a, a registry that was like 25 pages of stuff that I needed. And just feeling really overwhelmed and feeling like, is this really what motherhood is? Like, does this really mean that now I have to have like every plastic gizmo and gadget and electronic and gear under the sun? And I decided kind of in that moment that I wanted to try to pave my own path and do things a little bit differently. And I remember my mom, who was kind of a hippie, she said to me, you know, this is such a racket and so much noise and like all a baby really needs is love and food. And, um, so that really stuck with me. And so I 
in that moment kind of decided, okay, I'm not going to succumb to the pressure of getting, you know, three different strollers and every type of high chair. I'm going to try to be a minimalist and a mom. Um, And I didn't see a lot of examples of that. And so kind of went out to try to be the example that I was craving. So I don't know about you, but when I had my first daughter and we went to the store, it felt I had massive decision fatigue. I feel like with minimalism, I've had these moments of clarity and just light bulb moments throughout the journey, if you will. But that was another one where I'm like, no, I really feel like I'm pursuing the right way, at least for myself. Because when I had all those options, I felt like I couldn't make any decision. It was way too overwhelming to me. Totally. It's paralyzing. I mean, you can spend so much time, like just trying to navigate through even a supermarket. Sometimes when I look in the cereal aisle, it's like, okay, no, just get the honey nut Cheerios and move on. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent. My, my kids, as I, I don't know if I told you, but we were at the dentist earlier today and it was like, which flavor do you want to brush your teeth with today? And there were like 20 something options. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I like that one. I like that one. And I just didn't know how my kids were going to decide. Just give them a couple, just give them a couple right. choices. Yeah. Two, two choices. That's what we all need. And I think because our world has so many choices, it's like, it's up to us to create those boundaries and that constraint for ourselves, which I think is really hard to do. The world is just giving us more and more choices every day. I mean, especially with the access to information, like we have so many choices to make where we used to just only have a few. And so I don't think that's going anywhere. I think it's honestly just amping up a hundred percent. And so I think like For me, I will say, like, if I need to buy a new couch, say for the living room, I will say I'm only looking at two stores from those two stores, see what couches they have, sit in them and make my decision. But I am not going down the rabbit hole of every couch in America because it's not how I want to spend my time. Yeah, I totally (laughs) nodding vigorously. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm not. Yes, I am. All right. So. That was a bit of your minimalist pursuit journey, if you will. But what made you write Minimalista? What, how did that come about? And then we'll talk about more of the practicals for listeners here after you describe sure. Yeah. So I had, um, so I started my business um, after I had my first daughter. I now have two girls who are um, 10 and 12. And I was a professional organizer for 12 years. And during my career, I felt like I couldn't keep up with the demand, honestly, which is a good problem to have, you know, as an entrepreneur, but I just started feeling like the noise was so big for people and wanting everybody that I met and kind of came into contact with was overwhelmed by clutter, felt like they had more than they could manage. Um, didn't know, especially once they had kids, just how to set up their home in a way that would be sustainable and easy to manage and easy to clean up the things. And so I initially just offered my services one-on-one and then started offering these um, virtual online programs where I would teach people, you know, how to do a closet makeover and have a more minimal closet or um, how to streamline your kitchen and pantry and refrigerator. Um, But I just kept getting like more and more questions from all over the world of like, how do you do this with kids? And what if your partner's not on board? And I realized I was answering the same questions again and again. And so the idea for this book was born of really downloading my brain and everything I had learned. Um, You know, I learned as much from my clients as they learned from me and really was in every imaginable situation, um, working with people in 
tiny studio apartments in New York City, and then working with people in huge mansions that took up entire city blocks and kind of everything in between. Um, And I just started noticing so many universal themes. And I came up with this five-step process that I realized was really applicable to anyone, regardless of how small or large their house was, um, regardless of their style or their beliefs. Um, And so that was really the motivation of wanting to put it all into a book so that I could just help more people and make it more accessible. Because honestly, like hiring a professional organizer to go through all of your things with you is a huge luxury and one that I would say most people can't afford, but Mm -hmm. most people can afford, you know, a $20 book. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really have put my whole heart and soul and like everything I've ever learned into this book um, with the goal of just helping people live lighter um, with less stuff and really create a home that reflects who they are and what they care about and how they want to live. I think that you talk about elevating your space and I want to know, I guess what define what you mean by that, but then how can we elevate our space to make our lives easier in my process? Basically step one is clarify. So that's just, what do you want and why do you want it? And really getting a vision of how you want to live, what you want more of what you want less of. And, and I think our homes are a tool Um, to help us live our best lives. So the first thing I really help people with is just honing in on like, what do you care about and how do you want to live? Then step two is the editing, the decluttering that you talked about, which I think is after you've reached clarity, the single most impactful thing that you can do. Even if you don't organize anything, if you just cut the clutter and um, limit the volume of what you have in your house, what you have to manage and clean and organize and take care of, that's half the battle. Then once you've cut the clutter, um, I talk about organizing and setting up simple systems that are really intuitive that make your life easier. Um, And then my fourth step is elevate. So that's what you just asked about. So for me, elevating is kind of the cherry on top. Like you've done the hard work of decluttering and organizing and setting up systems. But now maybe instead of, you know, having your stuff in a shoebox, maybe you want to invest in a beautiful basket or, you know, maybe you want to put labels on all of your kids clothes so they can put them away on their own and kind of feel empowered. So it's, I think of elevate as like that cherry on top that kind of takes things to the next level aesthetically and makes your home feel really good. And Sometimes that can be something as simple as like a new mom who feels overwhelmed and like they don't have time to take care of themselves. Buy yourself fresh flowers and put them in your bedroom. So the first thing that you see is something beautiful. That's what I mean by elevate. And there's a million creative ways of doing it. Like I like to do it with those really simple utilitarian things like hand soap or dish soap, like put them in a beautiful glass bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm always kind of looking to how can we make our day feel elevated and improved in just these tiny little micro steps. I do like how you say that is a cherry on top of what comes last. I I don't want people, I want to make it really relatable and accessible so that people actually do it. Because one of the things the woman said to me last night was, 
when I told her, I'm like, you only need to come to your basement, like 30 minutes a day, maybe 15, if, if it seems overwhelming to you. And she's like, Oh, I figured I needed to come down here all weekend. And I was like, do you really think you're going to do that? Do you really yeah. think that you can commit your whole weekend to coming down here? Some people can, that's some people's personalities, but right. a lot of people just need those small wins and those small victories. So I'm like, get this organized. And then once you're living that way and it becomes habit and just the way that you're living, make it nice. And I think that in different areas of your home, like you said, maybe you get your kitchen right as you want it. And then you can add that pretty dish. So do that after though. I I think that you're right. Like it's the elevation at the end of after we've already made this habit in our life. Exactly. And I I mean, it's funny because most people who come to hire me, they start with like, can you help me buy all the pretty bins and baskets? And, you know, they, they want that editorial look that they see on Pinterest or in magazines. And I always say like, yes, absolutely we can, but we've got to start with the stuff. Like we've got to start by just questioning what you own. Is it serving you? Is it making your life better? And once we're able to cut the clutter, then if you have just the things that you use and love and want to surround yourself with, and you want to elevate in some way by all means. But what I find is for most people, once they really take the time to thoughtfully edit their spaces, they feel so much better. They don't need to run out and buy all of the containers. Like maybe it's just a couple things that, you know, feel better, but that pain point is typically about I'm drowning in stuff. I can't find my things. I'm totally overwhelmed. And so running out and going to the container store and buying a hundred more bins and baskets is actually going to add to your problem instead of solving it. You don't start decluttering your house by buying a bunch of stuff to keep your clutter. You want to declutter that first, so then you can organize it. And I just think that not every area in your home, especially like in your basement, like who's going down there. So why would you spend a fortune to make that look like the home edit? No, no offense to the home edit, (laughs) but, and that might be my frugal side coming in. I would rather spend that money on experiences for me and my kids. And that's probably where my minimalist tendencies also come in to where I'm like, it doesn't need to look as beautiful, but if that like really does make you feel better, I just think again, we're going to focus on those small wins and then elevate the spaces that you're seeing every morning. If I look at the flowers on my nightstand, when I first wake up, that's going to like kind of set me on the right path for the day. So I love that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It'll set the whole tone for your day. And I think just to speak to that, I always ask my clients, like, what is success for you? Like, what is your vision of success? And for some people, it is like every square inch of my home looks like it's out of a magazine, but that's, I would say like in my experience working with thousands of people, most people are just wanting to feel happier at home and feel more relaxed and feel like their stuff has a purpose and they can find it and their kids can find it. So I think it's just about finding like, what is that sweet spot for you without being judgmental of yourself? Like if you do want those bins and baskets. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. 
And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. No more stressful trips to the fitting room under fluorescent lights. With Armoire, you get to wear quality pieces without the hassle of adding to your wardrobe or paying designer prices. I'll say, as a busy mom of three, I know the importance of treating myself to something special. And Armoire allows me to prioritize quality over quantity in my wardrobe. Plus, Armoire is woman-founded and woman-led, so you can feel good about supporting a business that empowers women. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, try Armoire today. You'll never have to worry about finding the perfect outfit for any occasion again. If you're curious for some of the looks that I've chosen, check out my collaboration highlight on Instagram for a few of my favorite armoire looks. Looks that you can grab too. So right now my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalist. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalist to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. So you've given us a few ideas on ways that we can elevate our space, just like a few examples, but I'm wanting to know maybe more of your tips for small changes that we can make that make a huge difference in our home. So maybe the flowers don't seem big to someone, but I, I don't know. I love that idea. Honestly, it's, I feel like I'm 25% happier when I have fresh Mm -hmm. flowers in my house. It may seem so trivial, but I think it's like a little indulgence that kind of just makes you feel like you're taking care of yourself in your home. Um, So that's one is like surround yourself with beauty and that can just look like lighting a candle or, you know, getting beautiful, fresh flowers. But I have a few others that for me and my family have made a big difference. I think most people have a junk drawer, right? So one of my things is like, turn your junk drawer into a utility drawer. So basically it's like, take everything out, get rid of all of the trash, relocate all of the random things that have found their way into your drawer and set up a drawer. I call it a utility drawer that is stocked with all of the things that you and your family reach for the most. So I kind of invented this because my kids were constantly saying like, mom, where's the battery? Or like, mom, I need a Sharpie. And so I wanted to just create a centralized place that's almost like our house general store. And so in that for us, like I've got scissors and post-its and Sharpies and measuring tape and basic tools. And it's all of the things that my husband and kids constantly were looking for now is in one drawer. So that takes about 15 minutes, right? To like clean out your drawer, get rid of all the crap, Mm -hmm. and then just set it up with the things that you find you're constantly wanting to reach for. Um, I'm a big fan of the simple system. So likewise, you know, when we entered into the pandemic and suddenly masks are a part Mm -hmm. of our world and hand sanitizer, and I don't know about you, but for a while they were just like floating around my entire house. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, oh, we need a system. And Mm -hmm. that can be as simple as like putting a little tray by the door with hand sanitizer and like maybe one thing for clean masks and one for dirty masks. Mm -hmm. And now you've got a system and your kids can understand it even as young as two years old. Right. So I'm always looking at where is the clutter lurking and what's the pain point and what's the easiest way of solving it. One other example is just looking like if there's something that is constantly getting dumped in your home, like 
my husband a few years ago bought a really fancy camera and it had all sorts of cords and accessories and they were all floating around our house all the time. And I said, okay, this is happening because we don't have a system. And so I basically just went and got a bin that we already owned. I told my husband, this is the centralized bin for everything pertaining to your camera equipment and gear, plop it in here. And it solved the problem in two seconds. So I think people often overcomplicate um, home organizing and they feel like it's got to be meticulous or rainbow order or alphabetized. Mm -hmm. I think literally a bin or a basket is your best friend when it comes to setting up a system, just looking for in your home and life, like what are the things that get dumped, you know, by my kids or my partner, or even by yourself. Mm -hmm. And how can I create the most simple streamlined intuitive system where instead of now dumping it all over the house, we're putting it in a basket. And so it can be like discreet and tucked away at the end of the day. Yeah. Easily accessible. Absolutely. Um, My camera is just in a bag hanging in our our hallway closet because we have a pretty small house too, which honestly, in some ways it does make you have to be more creative because you're like, I don't have the space to work with. And I think when people do have bigger spaces, they feel like they either need to fill it or it can feel overwhelming to have so many places to put your things. It's kind of like counterintuitive kind of. Oh, it is. I think my clients with the largest houses, it's the most difficult for them to set those boundaries because the truth is they do have the space to have all the stuff, but they may not necessarily want to own all the stuff. Whereas I think like for me and my family, even if we wanted to be maximalists, there's really just not place to put all the things. So it kind of our space, the constraints of our space keeps us pretty honest. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I are talking about all this and we both are in this arena on the daily basis. So maybe we feel like because we're doing this, we have more time to declutter or something, or maybe that's what moms are thinking as they're listening to this. So I want you to answer for the moms listening that think, what if I don't have enough time to make these changes? Wonder if I don't have a weekend to donate. What does it look like? Yeah. So I, um, for that reason, like my process and my book take basically your entire house and break it into little 15 minute wins. Um, that's what I call them. And I think everybody can find 15 minutes in your day, right? Like we spend so much time scrolling or watching TV that if you really want to put in the time and energy to improve your house, you can find 15 minutes. And so what I say to people is just identify like one room that you'd like to improve and just have laser focus on that room, almost kind of black out the rest of your house, like just let it be while you focus on one room. And within that room, I like to break projects literally into one drawer or one shelf or one surface. So like if you know you've got to run and take your kids to a dentist appointment in 15 minutes. You can literally set a timer for 15 minutes and say, I'm just going to clean out one drawer, or I'm going to declutter my kitchen counter and just put things back where they belong. And the compound effect of that is huge. Like if you are committed to doing 15 minute chunks, whenever you can, it truly can get you to the place where you've tackled your entire house over time. People often get, um, kind of disheartened with the organizing process because it feels so big and so insurmountable Mm -hmm. and they kind of try to run around doing everything and they feel like they're not making progress. Mm -hmm. Um, So for that reason, I really do encourage people to focus on just one little micro area. Like maybe you just focus on your entry 
um, which is a great starting place because it's like where we come and go and where all the stuff gets dropped. And you just say, you know, this week, I'm just going to make little tiny tweaks on my entry 15 minutes a day. Like maybe one day I'm just editing the raincoats with my kids and that's it. And that's progress. So I think lowering the bar is the best thing that you can do in terms of actually feeling like you can dive in and make progress. Yeah. I think I keep, I'm sorry. I keep referring to the family that I was working with last night, but they have a, so this was Wednesday night that I was working with them. And on Friday they had a, a dump, not a dump truck, but like a dumpster truck coming. And the front half was things that could go straight to donation. And the back half were, were things that just could be trashed, which I thought was really cool. And also these guys just come in and you point to what you want taken out and they take it. So I was like, that's awesome. So for this woman, she's like, I am just so excited. I was wanted all to be gone and out. And so she's like focusing on the next couple of days, which is great. And I think that you can get a few of those things that are just like, you know, for sure. But I also told her, I'm like, it's, in mid-December right now, I said, don't worry about getting all of this done until maybe end of March. Like give yourself a long, like your long-term goal is to have all of these spaces decluttered. Sure. But again, yeah. like you said, the small wins are what are going to build up to getting to that goal. Like that's the finish line. So 100%. there's so many metaphors that we could use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true though. I mean, I think really the biggest mistake that I see is people trying to bite off more that they can chew and then they get overwhelmed and just give up and don't do anything. So I think if you set the bar super low and then maybe you do the 15 minute win and you feel momentum to keep going and then you want to do another 15 minutes, great bonus. But I think really setting yourself up, especially if you're parenting and if you're kind of in the primary, that's your primary focus I think lowering the bar and, and, and getting out of that, like shame and blame about like all of the shoulds, my house should be immaculate. It should look like this. Um, I just think there's no upside to that. And so I really focus on just the little wins and thinking about what are the tiny things I can do that could have a big impact. And maybe that's just hanging a donation bag by your front door. That's something that's been really impactful. I have one in every closet in our house. So just like a cloth tote bag. And so as my kids, you know, grow out of a toy or a puzzle or, um, you know, even like a sweatshirt, they have a place to toss it. So then when that bag is full, we pop it in the car and go take it to our local donation center. The invitation to let go Mm -hmm. can really empower people to start putting things in the donation bin and not making it like I have to carve out a whole weekend to think about decluttering. Yeah. I love that you have multiple donation areas in your house, but I like the idea that other members of the family can contribute to that. And even putting one in your kid's room, I like hanging up something in their closet. I think that's a great idea, which actually brings me to my next question. A lot of people get stuck on sentiment when it comes to decluttering. And I'm wondering just really quickly, what maybe a a best tip you have in regards to sentimentality. Yeah, I know. It's, I think it's the hardest thing for people that like the photos and the letters and the memorabilia is really hard to let go of. I like to have a physical boundary um, to help inform that decision. So like in our house, every member of our family has like a bin, we call it the special bin. Emily has a special bin. Chloe has a special bin. I have one. My husband has one. And it's one big bin, but that's it, right? And so it informs how much we're going to put in. We're not going to put in every letter or every photo or every award. We're going to kind of be like the editor. And so um, my kid 
is no, like this is their bin. And I think it's helped them to learn how to make decisions instead of having it be limitless. It's like, we've got to have some limit, but you still are in the driver's seat and you get to pick what goes in that bin. So that's been really helpful. And then in terms of like inherited items, like I, my father passed away nine years ago and I inherited an entire three bedroom home full of stuff. Right. But I'm in a very small house with very limited storage. And so for me, what helped me is saying like, well, how much room do we have in our basement? And we have a postage sized little basement. Right. And so I just decided, okay, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy six bins and that is going to be my limit. And so it's going to be the most precious, the most meaningful. And it was really helpful for my brain to have almost to make it like mathematical instead of emotional to just say like, well, these are the boundaries. So within those boundaries, what do I want to pick? What is going to be the most meaningful? And, and especially for kids, giving them that limit, but saying like, here's your treasure bin or your special bin. What do you want to fill it with? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not going to keep getting more and more and more because we just don't have the room to store them. And then everything is less special if you keep everything. I think that sometimes people want the practicals when they're listening. I'll be like, I wonder which one she used. So definitely send that to me. Or if you have a good size that I could uh, include in the show notes for people. I'm happy to. Cool. All right. So just one of my last questions, I won't keep you too much longer, but I'm just wondering if you have any quick hangups that maybe you feel like people have that you can move through it. I know we've talked about a few of them, but just any other thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think like a big one that I see is people getting caught up on sunken costs Mm -hmm. of like, well, I have, you know, say these beautiful boots, but I never wear them because they're not really comfortable, but I spent $300 on them and they're beautiful. And so the way that I kind of reframe that is what a waste to have them gathering dust in your home. When somebody, those might be somebody's dream boots, right? Like somebody out in the world is dying to wear those boots and to actually make use of them. So sometimes in terms of sunken cost, it's just identifying a person or an organization um, that would feel really good to pass that on to. And I also think the money's gone, right? Like whatever you spent, that's gone. It's not going to be recovered. Um, I find even when people try to sell something of value, they typically get far, far less than they paid and they spend all the time and energy. So I think more about being present and future focused instead of past focused in terms of like, that extends to like gifts and guilt and, you know, the sunken cost syndrome, instead of getting bogged down by all of that, like really reframing it and thinking about how do I want to live now? Is this item adding value to my life right now? Or is it just gathering dust and like another thing I have to manage? So that reframe can be really helpful for people. And also just for those listeners who have a harder time letting go, I think generosity can be a great bridge So in terms of like that feeling of wanting to hold on to everything, Mm -hmm. I think it feels so good to be generous. And especially when you see like that outcome, you see somebody being thrilled to receive something. Mm -hmm. So taking the time to really think about like, are there friends or neighbors or colleagues I have who are going through a hard time, don't have the funds to buy some things that I have in excess, match your need to have less and their need to fill a gap in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I loved um, your boot example. Do you remember that episode of Friends where Monica gets these boots? <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. I was like yeah. smiling over here thinking about that. Um, 
Well, this was so good. Where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you for more of these tips or buy a copy of your book? Yes. Um, so my Instagram is at Shira Gill. It's S-H-I-R-A-G-I-L-L. Um, my website is the same, just my name, Shira Gill. Um, my new book is called Minimalista. It's by Penguin Random House, and you can find it anywhere books are sold. Perfect. Well, as we wrap up the interview here, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every guest. And the first one is, what has been a beneficial resource for you that you'd love to share with the listeners? <laughs> One resource that I love is, but I guess two, TerraCycle and Earth 911, because I used to always get really freaked out about wanting to be responsible, but feeling like I was doing everything wrong in terms of recycling. And it can be very um, confusing. So for those who are decluttering and want to do so, you know, kind of thoughtfully and responsibly, those are great, invaluable resources that are totally free. You can just go to Earth 911 um, or TerraCycle and put in the item that you're trying to figure out how to dispose of responsibly or get rid of. They will let you know and provide resources to do so. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I mean, I've talked to so many sustainable minimalists and I've never heard of that. That's awesome. I can't wait to go to that website. Yeah. yeah, Go check it out. They're so helpful. (laughs) Oh yeah. All right. Well, my last question is what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this can be in regards to what we've been talking about or just something that you love. Okay. Yeah. So this is a little bit more random. My friend Stacy told me about, uh, I guess I feel like I've been living under a rock because I've never heard of it, but um, Goldbelly, I don't know if you've heard of it. Okay. So new to you as well. So goldbelly.com online, you can basically order food from like any major restaurant. Like, so you could get deep dish pizza from like the best place in Chicago or the perfect New York bagel. And you can get it delivered to your door or give it as a gift. And I'm a major foodie and I don't like giving people, you know, gifts that I feel like are going to clutter up their home. So I love a consumable gift. Um, And so I've gone down like a whole rabbit hole, like they have ice cream pint clubs and you can do like anything under the sun that you can think of, like from the top restaurants all over the country can be delivered as a gift. So that is what I'm like hinting to everybody in my life that I want. (laughs) Oh, do you do just like a gift card or something? Is that how? No, you can actually order, like you can order like Louisiana ribs and send them to somebody as a present (laughs) or like, (laughs) right. Like it's so fun. Or like the LeVan bakery, famous cookies. York that like, I only get every five years when I go to Manhattan, but now you can have them delivered to your door. Um, and they deliver things like on dry ice, you know, and so you have to like put it in the fridge immediately. But I just thought that that was the coolest, most kind of unique gift to give. Oh yeah. I'm all about a consumable gift for sure. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, again, this was a great episode. I love my conversation with you and I really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. What did you think of the conversation? I really enjoyed talking with Shira and I'll give you a little bit of behind the scenes information. While we were recording, I was navigating my three kiddos that were unexpectedly not being babysat that day. So we had to keep pausing and restarting the episode. So if there were pieces that weren't as flowy, that is why. Otherwise, I think it went really well and I thought Shira's advice was spot on. And as I said in my minimalist moment, small victories are everything. 
As you pursue decluttering this year, do not overwhelm yourself with how much there is to be done. Set a small goal, move through it, and gain momentum. I'm so happy that you're here, and I can't wait for you to hear next week's episode. I wasn't going to say it, but I think I will for you who are listening right now. Author of How to Break Up with Your Phone, and now her recent book, which will be the topic of our conversation, The Power of Fun, Katherine Price. This is a conversation you won't want to miss, so join me back here next week. Until then, I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com, and there you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.